Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to the life and Torah of our leaders. Tuesdays, 11.30, live with First Seder Bismedrish. Special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners who will be joining us for this year. And the Shiurim for Chaydish Elul for this series have been sponsored by Mr. and Mrs. Benjamin Zweiber in appreciation of the city of Cleveland Heights as they have moved to the East Coast and we wish them a lot of Hatzlacha in all of their endeavors. Today we are going to be talking about the Maharil, Rabbi Yaakov Halevi, Rabbi Yaakov ben Ramosha Halevi Molin, whose yard site was yesterday. We're doing the Maharil not just because it was his yard site, but it's continuing with our series about the Paiskim that we've been talking about the last number of weeks. And the Maril is from the Gedolim, the, the original sources of many or most of Halacha and Minhage Ashkenaz, as we will see. His yard site was yesterday, Chof Beis Elul. He was Nifter in the year 1427. So it was his 594th yard site. 594th yard site was yesterday. Now before we start talking about the Maril, Let's just understand the Tkufa, the time period in history, in Klai Yisrael's history, that he was born into and that he lived. There, is a, uh, there was a saying that they used to say, like the Gemara talks about, ten measures of different things that came to the world. They would say there were ten measures of hatred of Klai Yisrael that came down to this world, and nine of those measures were taken by Ashkenaz, by Germany. However, in Germany, the inhabitants of the Rhineland, Yeshve Rhinus they were called, they took all of it. The Rhineland was always a place of terrible tragedy for Kla Yisrael in the times of the Crusades. We've talked about it in Rashi's times, in Rabbeinu Tam's times, we've talked about it later on in the 16-1700s with the Chavis Yair, and now we're more in the mid-1300s, early 1400s. In the year 1349 was the Black Plague in Europe, and, um, of course, they said the Jews put some type of poison in the water and um, spread out some type of poison uh, um, uh, ashes or some type of potion that they put into the air to poison the air. And because of that, there was an excuse for pogroms. And many great Kielis and Klaius were destroyed because of those pogroms of the Black Plague. Frankfurt was destroyed. But in the Rhineland, Frankfurt's close to the Rhineland, um, right near it. I'm not sure if they actually consider a part of the Rhineland or not, but it is that neighborhood, and of course very nearby, the same cities that we talk about in Kinois during the Crusades, Spire, Worms, more than 400 people in Worms were burnt down in their homes. After that, Mainz, these three are the Shum, are the three big cities, Spire, Verm, um, Vermeiza, and Magentia. Um, Spire, Worms, and Mainz. In Mainz, 6,000 Jews were either killed by sword or by fire, burnt down, um, because of these pogroms. So this was in 1349-1350. Um, a few years later, Worms reopened their doors to the Jews in 1353. Mainz reopened their Jew doors to the Jews in 1356. And they had uh, promises from the Sorry, from the, uh, from the officers, the governors, the mayors, the government to protect them. And they came back, however... As the way they describe it, it was only a resurrection physically, but there was a lot of spiritually, it was a terrible tkufa for Klai Yisrael. 
there were not many people learning because of the fact that they were chased out and expelled and because of the Tsaris. Many yeshivas were destroyed. And the Maril himself in a tshuva writes, Vata hador hayosem azesh We live in a generation that people don't know if they're right from their left. Uh, a contemporary of the Maril was Rabbi Isaac Turner, who wrote a sefer called Sefer Minhagim, who's also quoted by the Ramah very often. And uh, he lived in the same Tkufa, he learned in the same places together with the Maril. And he writes the reason why he wrote his Sefer about Menhagim, Nismatu Aloim Divitam Chachamim. There are very, people lear- very few people learning. At Sharisi Hishuv Kehila, I've seen in cities, Shalei Nimsu, Bohen Beze Gimel Anashim, that you can't even find two or three people who know the true Minag, the customs of the city. And that's why he wrote his Sefer Hamenhagim. So this is just a background of what the Tkufa looked like um, at the time. I actually found a Taldus of the Maril written by a Rav in Columbus, Ohio. His name was um, Yekusil Yehuda Greenwald. He was a Rav in Columbus, Ohio in the year Tuf Shin Dalit, he wrote this, 1944. And he writes, it's similar to what they're saying now in America, that there's no Torah, there's going to be no future here. He says it's a similar thing that they said then in Germany of the time. So Rabbi Yaakov was born in the city of Mainz in about 1360. His father was named Rabbi Moshe. Now, his father was called Molin. Molin. Molin was a nickname for Moshe. You find in Hilchus Gitten that it was a nickname for Moshe. So that's why he is called Rabbeinu Yaakov Molin. We've had this many times, like Reb Shamshin, Rafal Hirsch. His name was Shamshin. His father's name was Rafal. Sometimes they said it's like Yaakov, who is the son of, of, of Moshe of Molin, Yaakov Molin. Eventually it became his last name, and even his children called themselves by this last name. But that's where it comes from. That was his father's quote-unquote nickname. His father was the Rav in Mainz. His father was one of the great Gedolim of the Rhineland region. He was from the Reish Hamedabrim, one of the first signatures on Takanis that were made in the Rhineland. Um, there's a tshuva from him in the end of Tshuvas Maril about an Almana whose husband was killed in 1359 in those pogroms. His, um, the Maril brings from his father in many places, for example, in Hilchas Hagala, he says, Heyid Alaviv, that the Maril would say about his father. In Hilchas Matzas, he also writes that I saw Akshaken Ruah Uvda Baviv, that he would say he saw by his father. Um, in Hilchas Imchas he writes, Heyid Alaviv, Chasanim, that he says about his father that he was every year one of the Chasanim, either Chasim Taira or Chasim Bereshis, even though he was a Levi. You know, a lot of the halachas that we take for granted today, that we know them, is where they come from the maril. The maril either was mechadish them or established them. Like this one, everybody knows that a kayan or a levi could get chasen taira or chasen bereshis. But it comes from the maril who was made that his father got it every year, even though um, he was a levi. In Ilkhaz Pesach, the, Ramab, uh, the uh, Mishabur brings down that the Maharil used to take out, he used to have collaterals, mashkainis, of, of, of kalim, gold and silver, from Goyim that he had for loans. So he used to put them on the table to show Malchus. We spoke about this um, a different time. So the, the, the Mishabur brings it from the Maril, but the Maril himself says he saw that his father used to do it. He used to do it, and he says... Um, Really, the source is, he saw his father do it. 
Now, his fa- he learned by his father, it seems, and he also may have learned from his older brother, whose name was Rebbe Kusil. In the first tshuva, in Chuvas Maril, he calls him Adoni Meri Verabi. To his other brothers, he doesn't give those titles to. However, at some point, the Maril decided he's leaving uh, Germany, the Rhineland, and he wants to go learn Taira from the Gedolim of Ostreich, of Austria, which is, uh, he went to Vienna, to Wien. It's about 750 kilometers from Maine, so it's quite a distance. Um, and over there he learned by Rebbe Avram Klosner, was one of the Gedolim, in Chuvas Maril Kuf Aleph, he writes, There was one time I had an opportunity to talk in front of Rabbi Avram and Vin Yeshiva when I was in Yeshiva. Um, in Hilchas Bishal Akum, the Maril brings, he, it says over there, Maril the Rabbi that the Maril answered what I was talking about there, that he quoted his Rabbi, Rabbi Avram of Vin. There's um, an interesting tshuva in Simon Sadivav, where he's already back, I think, in, in, in Germany, but he's writing to the Gedolim of Austria, of Ostreich, to three Gedolim, Marena Rav Reb Shalom, Marena Rav Reb Yekel, and Marena Rav Reb Aaron. Now this Reb Aaron was the uncle of the Chumas Hadeshen, and this Reb Aaron was killed at Kiddush Hashem, and he's mentioned numerous, time, um, num- numerous times by the Maril as Mereinu Rav Aaron Hashem Yikayim Damoy, or HaKadosh Mereinu Rav Aaron. So, to these three G'daylim, there's a whole story over there. Um, he, he, first of all, he says, Here I am, your servant, the, one of the small ones of your Talmidim. Now it's interesting, over there's a story about uh, someone who, as a joke, was Makadesh Isha. And um, the question is, was it a good Kiddushin or not? And he writes over there at the end, he, it's a very long tshuva, very uncharacteristic of the Maril. And he says, you're probably wondering why I wrote so many details of this tshuva, of the story, how exactly it happened. He says, because in these lands, there are many Bali Machloikis. And... Um, Therefore, if I don't write the story exactly as it is, people will say, oh, it was different, he doesn't know how to paskin. They find places for them to argue on the psak. They're looking for it. So therefore, I'm writing the story every single detail. And then he writes, please write your answer on the back of this paper so that no one should say that you were answering a different Shiloh. Everyone should know that you answered this Shiloh. Very interesting. His, his Rebbe, Reb Shalom, as we'll see in a moment, um, when he answers back this, this question, he writes, Shalom Rabba Lagavra Rabba, Shalom to this great man, Yonik Vichachem Hanitzmad Bilvavi. He's attached to my heart. In other words, that's how he felt such a closeness to his Talmud Reb Yaakov. This Reb Shalom was a Rav most of the time in what's called Wiener Neistat, like the new city of Wien, which is about 60 kilometers south of Main Vienna. That's where he was the Rav most of the time. And the Maril calls him in numerous, numerous places, Rabbi HaMuvok, his Rebbe, his Rebbe Muvok. The Maril married the daughter of Ramosha Numark Katz, Katz is a Lashon of a Kayin Sadek, who was from the Gedele Hadar at the time. And the Maril brings many Dinim and Anagas from his father-in-law. This Reb Moshe was a Rav in Vienna, and later on in, a, in Italy, in Verona, um, which was under the Austrian Empire at the time. Um, for example, the Maril brings that his father-in-law, who was a Katz, he was a Kayan, so the way he positioned his hands for, for Duchening, he, he explains how his father-in-law did it, Alpi Kabbalah, I guess different than, than the Minig was to do it. 
He also brings from his father-in-law about an Erev Pesach, a firstborn girl, a Bechaira, should fast on Erev Pesach. This is what he had his daughter, the divorced daughter, um, do. He had her fast. It's interesting because the Dark Moshe in Hilchas Pesach seems to quote the Maril that the meaning is that girls don't fast. Firstborn girls don't fast. When it seems from here that he's saying the opposite. There's a whole, to, there's a whole, uh, uh, some uh, Mepharshim try to figure out exactly what's going on. Now another interesting thing is that even though it says in our Maril Grusha, in the Ksavyad of the Maril it says Grusha Si, my divorced wife. And we'll see in a moment that uh, sheds a little light on what happened between him and his wife. Um, now, in Chuvas Lamed Hay, he brings, uh, he says, Zechrani, I remember when I was in Verona one time and my father-in-law wasn't there. And a certain Rav came through and he gave a hatter about eating, I think, chemas uh, akum, butter, gaisha butter. And um, when his father-in-law came back, he got very angry at him. He said, it's usr, and he told him, you have to be chayzer. But anyways, you see a tshuva where he says that, you know, he remembers, he was once in Verona and he remembers this story with his father-in-law. Now, what happened after he got married? So when Hilchus Smachais, the Maril writes, Amar Lana Mari Segel, um, that the Maril said, Mari Segel is the Maril, It seems he got married, and after his marriage, he left his expecting wife in Austria, and he went to learn in other places. Cologne, I guess, is Cologne, which is all the way back into Germany. But it seems, as we'll see, that he traveled around a lot to learn Tyra. And when he got back to Austria, his wife had unfortunately miscarried um, at the end of, of the nine months. It was, she was almost at term, in full term, and she miscarried. So the Maril said it was a mazel that she miscarried, and it wasn't like a stillborn that the baby came out, because if the baby would have come out, so then... We just lost the zoom for a second. We're reconnecting. Apologize to our Torah Anytime viewers. Recording in progress. Sorry about that. We lost the zoom for a second. But here we are again. Um, so he says, a mazel that his wife um, miscarried, because if not, he would have had to have Dine Avelus, like the child would have been considered a, uh, a Bar Kayama. Now he say, how does, how does he know? Maybe it was early, uh, it was a miscarriage of, and the child was not Kaluloi Chadashov, meaning it hadn't come to full term. So he says, He knows it had to be full term because he wasn't there by his wife from when she became pregnant until the birth. So you see that he left his pregnant wife to go and learn and he only came back um, when she was ready to give birth. Unfortunately, at that moment, she had, at that time, she had miscarried. But Negea, to the history of what was going on, you see he left to go to go learn. Um, in Hilchas Lulav, he says that he was, uh, amongst his travels, he was in a city called Igra, and he was by Reb Meir of Igra on Sukkis. And on Lel Shmini Atzeres, Reb Meir, who had come from a, uh, a family that came from Lomba um, Lombardy, um, and they had a minig, the way their minig was that at night they didn't eat in the sukkah, 
they ate in the base HaChayref, in a different uh, place, and then during the day they would come and eat in the sukkah, like some Hasidim have such a minute like that. And um, so the Maril ate in the sukkah, because that's really the, the halacha we had in Dafyaimi a few days ago, and Shmini uh, Atzeres, supposed to sit in the sukkah. And uh, he says afterwards he went to the Remeyer where he was eating, and um, he says the Remeyer Mazbilay Panim the Fatoise He welcomed him because he was hoping to uh, convince him to learn in his yeshiva. So the Maril, I guess, was already famous, and this Remeyer uh, Meigra was trying to convince him and was being extra nice to him that maybe he'll sit, come, and learn in his yeshiva. Now, you know, um, c- communication at that time was obviously not a simple thing. And in Similam above in Chuvas, he answers his brother, who seemed to have asked, there must have been some type of shmua that their father had been nifter. And the question was, it's a suffix, should they say Kaddish? And the Maril says, he has a cheskas chai, he has a chazok of being alive. So I'm not saying Kaddish. So you see, again, he was traveling a lot and... Um, you know, the communication at the time, people really didn't know exactly what was going on. Now, we don't know exactly when he went back to Mainz. We don't know if he went with his wife. Some of the historians say we don't know if he divorced her, did she pass away. Now, if I mentioned before that in the Ksav Yad, um, it says Grusha Si, that um, he was talking about his wife who he divorced, which sounds like very clearly that he divorced her as opposed to her dying or something like that. Um, again, but we don't know exactly did that happen in Austria, did that happen in Mainz. We don't know if he came back to Mainz, his father was still alive or not alive. We do know that he was already back in Mainz when his mother was Nifter, because his biggest Talmud, the Marie Vial, in Tshuva, Simon Vav writes, that he wore Torb Megadim the entire year, he didn't sew them up, um, and he says, you know, I saw him when he was in Oval on his mother, and that was in the city of Mainz. Now, his father was Nifter in 1387, and he became the Rav after his father. Again, we don't know if he was there before or after, but that he became the Rav after his father. And in Mainz, he married his second wife. Her name was Gumchin, the daughter of Rabbi Avram. In Hilchas Machas, at the end, the Maril brings the Nusach of her Matseva. And it's an interesting thing, you know, very often on Matsevas they put, like, praises about the person, and a lot of times the, the stanzas spell out the person's name. So over here, it's praises about her, but the stanzas spell, stanzas spell out his name, Yaakov Halevi. And then at the end, it says, you know, this is his wife who is buried here. The, the praises are about her, but the stanzas spell out um, his name, Yaakov Halevi. She was a very wealthy woman. However, in Hilchus Hanukkah, it says that he didn't, regularly live in the same house as her. He lived ne- near her in a house. He used to live with his bachrim, like a dormitory. And uh, the, the Rebetzin and her children would live in her house. And uh, and he refused to benefit from her wealth, even a pruta. Um, she would do business with her nechassim. She would support the house and the children. And he would get his support from the Parnasse Hamadina. Um, they would give him what he needs for his yeshiva and for himself and for the bachrim. He would be in charge of giving out the money based on the, uh, I don't know if this means the age or the greatness of each bachr. <coughs> and we'll see in a moment, bachrim don't mean literally unmarried. 
In fact, they include and may even be a majority of married people who came to learn by him, but they didn't come with their families. And um, that's how he had his parnasa. Um, now, he had a lot of covet for his wife. When he would talk about his wife in the Likutim, it says, when he would talk to other people about his wife, he wouldn't refer to her, her by name. He would say in, uh, in German or in Yiddish, mein Heusfrei, which is like my, my, my housewife. Um, which is based on the Gemara that the Gemara says with Rav Chista that he never called his wife my wife. He called her he called her my house because she's that Keres Habayis. So a similar thing. And when he would talk to her, he also didn't talk in second person. He talked like in third person. In Yiddish, there's different ways to say you. You could say do. You could say ear. Ear is more of like a third person way of saying it, a more bakavadika way of saying it. And he would talk that way to her. And the reason is, it says over there, Mipnei Shalmona Nisa, because he married her as an Almona. Sounds like there was some chashivas to her, that he spoke to her in this third person way, because he had covered for her. In those days, you know, very often, people got married to little girls, 12, 13 year olds. We spoke about it last week. Um, we spoke about it last week, that, uh, you know, that uh, the Pizchachuva got married very young, and others. So it could be when someone married a, a woman that was already a little bit older, it was like more of a chashivas, and they had more of a covet for her. Um, now, he had two sons. We don't know if one of those sons is from his first wife or from his second wife. It's not very clear where his, you know, how it worked out. In Chuvas Marie Breino, which is one of his Talmidim, it talks about two of his two sons. And it says one of them, he calls him Marie, Mem Hey Reish Yud. It doesn't say what his first name was, but I saw someone want to say maybe it was Yekusil, because that was the Maril's grandfather, and he had a brother named Yekusil. And this uh, Marie, um, his farspiel, his oifruf, was on Shabbos Chazoin. And it says that the Maril refused to make an oifruf. You don't make a, a party like that on Shabbos Chazoin before Tishabov. However, his second son, Reb Shimon, also his Eifruf was Shabbos Chazayin, and the Maril did make an Eifruf. And they asked him what happened. And he said, because in between he found, Bekoivetz, I don't know what safer that is, that says that if you're allowed to make an Eresin B'lai Simcha, if you're allowed to get engaged without a Simcha, so Kol Shekein, for sure you can make a Farshbel, you can make a, an Eifruf. And he says, even though they give out uh, nuts and, and, and kernels of uh, wheat and stuff like that, that's not considered a Suda, and therefore that's not a problem during the nine days. So those are the two sons that we know about. There's a daughter that's mentioned in Maril and Hilchas Tvila. The daughter of the Maril said that her father told her when she goes to the mikvah, she should make the bracha after she comes out and puts on her clothing. Um, which is not the minig, and even the Ramah doesn't bring that down in Hilchas Tvila. But that's what the daughter of the Maril said, that her father said she should do. There was also a daughter who was Nifter Anyam Kippur, and we'll, we'll see about that um, in a few moments, the story of that. <clears throat> now, in the Lakutim, it's brought down that the Maril once got very sick. It says exactly what the sickness was, but... I don't know, hits for it, nobody, even in the bottom, um, the notes, they couldn't figure out exactly what the sickness was. But basically, he was like paralyzed. They said they found him um, laying in his uh, learning room, and he was laying like that for three days. He didn't eat, he didn't drink, he couldn't move any part of his body. And the doctors actually tried with a needle, poking him all over to see if he feels it. He didn't feel it, except on one toe. 
he felt it, and they he was breathing. They there was there was breath coming out of his nostrils, and the city went went got got very frantic, and they made a tinus, and they said that everyone has to fast Monday and Thursday, and this was either in Tammuz or of. Everyone has to fast every Monday and Thursday until the Yamim Neiraim, and say Slichos, like on a Tainus Sibur. Now, specifically, which Slicha should they say? So, um, they said the Slicha that starts off Roya Yisrael. And that is the Slicha that is said by Bnei Ashkenaz, one of the Pizmainim that said by Bnei Ashkenaz on the second day of Aserah Simei Now, nowadays, most people either do Lita or Poland. You're saying Slichas today. So, Lita is Ashkenaz, but this is not the Minig Lita I'm talking about. There's another Slichas called Slichas for Bnei Ashkenaz. Um, I have a printout of it over here. And on the second day of Aserah Simei Tshuva, Slicha uh, number Ayin Hay is a Pizmain that starts Raya Yisrael. And the uh, one of the, this, the beginning stanza and the end stanza, it ends off with Mi Yakum Yaakov. Who is going to bring up Yaakov? Ki who because he's small. So I'm assuming they picked this Pizmain because his name was Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Halevi. So this was to be Ma'ira, Mi Yakum Yaakov, please let Yaakov get up. Now it's interesting, the Magan Avram in Simen Kuf Yud Tes, if Katan Dalid brings that when they said these slichas, they actually said them during Shemayin Asrei. And he asked, you're not allowed to do that. Um, you're not allowed to be Meirich and say lengthy things and Tvilas in Shemayin Asrei for a Yachid. For a Rabbim you can, but not for an individual. So the, 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 the uh, Magan Avram answers, V'yashleimer, the Shani Maril, the Maril was different, came in the Rabbim, Tzrichen le'tayrasai, ki Rabbim dami. Since Rabbim need his Taira, he was like a Rabbim, and therefore they said, they said, um, they said the Slichas during, during Shemayin Asrei. Um, now, afterwards, he, he got better, and he stayed at home for two weeks, and then when he went to Shul, and he found that the Tzibur was still fasting for him, even though he had a Rafua Shalema, and it seems, if you look in Halacha and Tovkuf Samach Tes, it's not so simple that the Tzibur has to be continued, continued to fast, even though he had a Rafua Shalema, but they did it anyways, and it says, Hichzik Lam Taiva, he was very happy, um, and, he was, and he had a Karas HaToiv, and after that, he lived for another 30 years after this story. Over there in the, the, the Sefer Maril, the Malaket says, Aniha Malaket, I'm the one who put this together here. He says, Until today, when I hear that pisma in Roy Yisrael, I remember that story. I was a young boy in Magensian Mainz at that time. I remember it. And every time I hear Anantzeris Mechuva, that pisma, I'm reminded of that story. Now, throughout his Chuvas and throughout his Sfarim, he calls his Talmidim Bachrim, but most of them, it seems, were actually married. In fact, you find this if you learn in Shulchan Aruch and Hilchas Halakas Neiris of Shabbos, when it talks about the Bachrim lighting Neiris in their room, the Mishabura says over there, Bachrim mean, Bachrim are men who left their families and went to learn somewhere else. So they're single here, but they're actually married people. Um, and um, in fact, in, in the Tshuva, we mentioned before about the Kedushin that someone made for a joke over there, he mentions that there was a 16-year-old Bachar there who was already an Alma, and unfortunately he was a widower. So you see, again, they got married very young, and many of them went off to learn afterwards, even though they were married, and they're called Bachrim. Um, in Uchaz Purim, he says that you don't, you don't on, on Tainus Esther, you don't uh, give shear to the Bachrim on Tainus Esther. The Mishabur brings this from the Maril in Tavresh Pevav, Sivkat and Gimel. 
Um, and he says, if, if Shushan Purim is on Friday, so you also don't give a shear because it's Erev Shabbos, Vein Penai, there's no time. But he says, if there are Bacharim Penuyim, which sounds like if you have Bacharim who are single, meaning unmarried, you could, I'm not sure how to translate the word penuyim, and that might not necessarily mean that, but I saw someone who learned it that way, meaning, so they don't, they're not so busy with Sarche Shabbos, so then there's no problem of saying over, saying uh, shir on, uh, on, um, on Tainas Esther, or on Shushan, or on Shushan Purim. Now in Hilchas Suda, it says that every year on Cholomite Sukkis, they would make a siyum for the two Mesechtas that they learned in the summer, and a Cholomite Pesach for the two Mesechsas they will learn in the winter. Now you have to, when you go through Maril, it's a fascinating sefer, and you get a, a picture of his yeshiva, you get a picture of the times, you get a picture of the life in the ghetto with chasanas and with all different types of things. It's fascinating things. That's the only way we know, you know, really what was going on through the minhagim that the Maril wrote about what was going on. So here we see about his yeshiva, about how every Cholomite, they used to learn, make a siyam on the two mesechtas that they learned either, either over the winter or over the summer. He would invite to the siyam anyone in the city who learns Gemara, even Narim Ketanim, even young people, he would invite to the siyam, um, the, the, you know, the twice a year siyam that they made for the yeshiva on Cholomite. <clears throat> now in Hilchus Tefillah he writes that he was... Nizer to say Kravitz. Kravitz is like um, the Piyutim and the Yitzras that we say on and Yamim Neiraim and other times. And he was very careful to say it. And it says, He would get angry at the Bachrim that would learn in Shul um, While the Tzibur was saying Kravitz, the Bachrim would learn, he would be very upset and he told them that they should say Kravitz. This is brought down um, in Mishabura as well. It says about the Maril, he used to come to davening with a tour, and while the Chazan was being Meirich, um, he, would, he would learn it. But while they were saying Kreivitz or anything like that, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be learning. Um, another thing about the Yeshiva, in Hilchah Shabbos, it says that the Minig in Mains and in Worms was that they would eat Shalashudas before Mincha. And this Minig came from Rabbeinu Tam's days, because the Medjur says you're not allowed to drink water between Mincha and Mairiv um, on Shabbos. The halacha seems, because the Mesim are going back to Gehenim, you look in halacha, you'll see it nowadays, it's, 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 it's supposed to be referring to spring water, and it doesn't seem to be such an issue, but in those days, they wouldn't drink water, and because of that, they made a minig not to eat either, because if you're going to eat, you're going to drink. So therefore, the minig was that they didn't eat Shalashudis between Mincha and Mairiv, they ate before, before Mincha. So he says that his Bachrim, he also answered them from eating from between Mincha and In other words, the Bachrim had to follow the Minig HaMakam. And he says sometimes if he was, he was he, the shear went a little long, and I guess the Bachrim had Davin Mincha earlier already, and he says if the Tzibur had not yet finished Mincha, so then he allowed the Bachrim to start to eat before the Tzibur finished Mincha. But if the Tzibur already finished Mincha and they left Shul, he told the Bachrim to wait till after Meirev before they eat. Which is very interesting. Because the Magan Avram brings this in Reish Sadi Aleph Sivkat and Dalid, and he says, What's going on over here? They're not going to eat Shalashudas because of this Minig? How could it be? Bitsarachian. And he, the, the Magan Avram blibs Again, speaking about his yeshiva, his, one of his biggest Talmidim was Marie Vial. Marie Vial, 
And Chuvas brings, I remember, when I was learning by the, the, uh, the Maril in Magensia, and um, the Marival also continued with Minhagim of Ashkenaz after his Rebbe, the Maril. And that's why when you learn Ramah in Shulchan Aruch, you'll see very often quoted, Maril, Marival, Sefer Minhagim, a next generation, Shumas Hadeshen, because this was the times, they were the ones who established all the Minhagim after this, this time of upheaval and turmoil where people didn't know what the Minhagim, what the Minhagim were. One of his Talmidim was Rebbe Lazar of Emriakov Hamachuna, is called Zalmin Mishutgever, Mishut, something like that. And what he did was he wrote down all the Minhagim that he saw or that he heard people testify Bishem the Maril, and he wrote the Sefer, what we call Sefer Maril. So when you open up the Maril, it always says, Heyid uh, Marie Segel, that the Maril did this. Marie Segel is Levium, Segel is Levium. We call him the Maril. The Marie Segel did this, or the Marie Segel said this. It's because the Sefer wasn't written by the Maril. His Talmud was Malake. He, 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 he gathered all different things that the Maril did or said and he put it in the Sefer called Sefer Maril. And that is the Sefer that we have. Now, the Maril used to darshan as well as the Rav of the city. In Akdama to the Sefer Maril, the Talmud writes that he would darshan um, on Shabbos HaGadol all the dinim of Pesach. The Shabbos before Yamim Neiroim, the last Shabbos of the year, he would darshan Hilchas Rosh Hashanah and the Minhagi Yemei Slichos and Hilchas Shoifer. Shabbos Tshuva, he would darshan Hilchas Tshuva, Hilchas Yemakipurim, and also Hilchas Sukkah and Hilchas Lulav. And that was it. Those were the drushes that he had, um, that he gave during the year. Um, so not only were there halachas, there was also some drush, and in Sefer Maril, he also brings some of those drushes. In fact, in Ilchas Aserisimei Tshuva, he brings a drasha for Parshas Nitzavim, this week's Parsha. And over there he gives Musar about Lashon Hara, Gezel, Chanufa, Leitzanus. And I'll say one word from that drasha. At the end he says, Anistaris Hashem Alekeinu. The Pasuk in this week's Parsha. The hidden things are to Hashem. Meaning the kates, the end of our galus that's hidden, that's only Hashem knows. Nobody knows when the gula is going to come. But Havahanigla Islanu, but the revealed ones are for us. What does that mean? But there is some aspect of the kates being revealed. Why? Enough that we could daven for it. Learn Do In order that Hakadosh Baruch Hu should hurriedly with his Rachmanas bring the Geula, like it says at the end of the pasuk. Meaning, if we learn the Taira, we could bring the Geula earlier, like we had in the half Taira. Hashem could bring it at its right time. Or Achishana, or he could bring it earlier in a hurry time if we do tshuva. So that's what he said is Pshan the Pasuk, the main kates, that's going to be Hashem knows. But but we have the opportunity to daven and bring it earlier and daven to Hashem um, for the Geula. Now, another thing that the Maril was famous for was for his, um, his Tfilais. He was a big Baal Tfilah, had a beautiful voice. Um, his whole life he was a Shliach Tzibur. It says, Shatz Risha and Shal Rosh Hashanah. I guess it means the Baal Shachris. Yom Kippurim, the entire day. And Yom Kippur, and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, he would be the Baal Tfila and he would have two Chashuvim, one on his right and one on his left, all of Davening. We do it by Kol Nidre. He did it all of Davening, like it seems to be in Halach, it's supposed to be done. 
He was also the Shliach Tzibar on the night of Tishabav and Anishana Rabbah. And uh, he was masakin many of the nigunim of Tvilais, the tunes of Tvilais, and the piyutim. And they bring down the actual, um, the, the nigun that we lay Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the trap that we use, the, the nigun for the trap, Yamim Nairaim Laning, that comes from the Maril. I don't know if he made it up or he established it. But a lot of the standard nuschois of davening come from him. Now he's very makbid amin hagim, and it's, he says there was a story when he was the shliach tzibur in uh, one of the cities, Regensburg, Regensburg and Rabbeinu Ephraim from Buna, from Bun, from Bun, was the, um, his kever is in Regensburg. And because of that, he decided, the Maril, that he's going to say the piyot that Rabbeinu Ephraim composed, even though it wasn't the minig hamakam to say it, but he felt it's covered for Rabbeinu Ephraim. And it says that his daughter, uh, a little bit later, was Nifter on Yom Kippur. And he said the reason why she was Nifter on Yom Kippur is because he changed the Nusach of Yom Kippur, he changed the Minig HaMakayim, and because of that, he was punished on that same day. So that's how he was very makbid on the Minhagim of the places. There was a mice over there also, someone said something in the wrong nigan, and he was upset about it. You should keep the Minig HaMakayim. He davened until the end of his life, and in fact... In Hilchus Rosh Hashanah, the Maril, his Talmud, the Talmud in Sefer Maril, the Talmud writes, "Ani I, the one who put this to get, put, put this together. I heard from him in the year Kuf Pevav. So the Kuf Pevav is 1426, the year before he was Nifter, that he said, if Hashem gives him um, life and he'll daven another Yamim Nairaim, there were certain things he wanted to change, certain milah, certain words he wanted to change. He says, "Can he sparshulei kamen yonim?" things became clear to him and explained, so he wanted to make certain changes. So the Mechaber writes, the Talmud says, I wasn't able to be in worms with him in Kuf Pei Zayin when he davened. So it sounds like they were in mains in Kuf Pei Vav, and then in Kuf Pei Zayin Yomim Neiroim, which is 1427, which is 11 months before he was Nifter, or almost a whole year before he was Nifter, he was already in worms, as we'll see in a moment. But he says, I asked a certain Reb Zelmelin, to listen very clearly, closely to what the Maril says, and to give over the Shinuyim to me. And he writes, I put them here in the Sefer Maril, I put those Shinuyim that he changed. Um, now one of the things the Maril says, that Chazonim should not stay up all of Yom Kippur night. It was a minig in the olden days, people would stay up all night in the shul, saying Tehillim and different things. He said the Chazonim should not stay up, he has a Kabbalah, and he knows from himself that if a person stays up all night, it ruins his voice. And the Murama, in the end of Tough Ratio Test, brings this B'Shem the Maril, that even though people stay up, Chazanim should not stay up the entire night. Now in the year, um, in the year uh, 14, uh, 15, there was a whole story with someone named John Hus. John Hus was in Prague, in Bohemia, and he was basically a Catholic that became Reform, and, and, and he rejected a lot of the, the, the Catholic teachings, and it was a, it's, it's, it's a whole Parsha, and they came, and they, and they, uh, and they came to wage war against him, the Catholics, the Pope, and this went on for a few years, um, it's called the Hussite uh, Massacres, or something like that, you can Google it if you want, and, but on the way they said, why are we being noikim against, just against this guy Hus? What about the Jews? The Jews killed the Yashka. So therefore, they, mamish, they, they said they're going to destroy all the Jews. 
And the Jews in Bohemia, they wrote a letter to the, to the Maril, he was the Galda Adar, even though he was in Germany. They said, what should we do? And he was geyser at Tainus, after Shabbos Bereshis, for three straight days, in other words, Laila Vayayim, three straight days, no eating or drinking. Anyone over the age of 20, men and women. Unless you have a heter to drink on Yom Kippur, then you'll have a heter here as well. And for over Barabbas Mitzvah till the age of 20, they had to just fast during the day, but not during the night. And he told them slichas to say, and the ilah that they should daven, and there were a lot of Yeshuas that people had in different places, but unfortunately there were a lot of Karbanas as well. Many, many people were killed on Kiddush Hashem. And in fact, in Hilchus Pidgin Haben, I mean, I just wanted to bring that out, that show, shows how the Maril was the Gadol Hadar. They asked him shalos from all over. His Gezeira carried weight all over as he was geyser this on all these countries and all these people, and they talk and listen to him. And Hilchus Pidgin Haben, the Maril Paskins, that a Bukhar, whose father is, is unfortunately not alive, doesn't need pigeon until he grows up, becomes a, 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 a bar mitzvah, and he's paid to himself. And the, 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 the malakate, Vani Akaisev, the one who put it together, he says, I saw in Igra, in the city of Igra, a story where a father was killed by Melchemes B'nei Chushim, that's the Husites, B'nei Chushim, in that war, before his son's pigeon Aben. And Rav Nassin was the Rav there, and he said, you should make a silver necklace that says on it, um, Ben Kayin, and put it around the child's neck, and he should always wear this. So he should remember when he grows up that he's a Kayin, and he needs, um, I'm sorry, that, uh, that he should remember, he's not a Kayin, remember that he belongs to the Kayin until Pidgin Aben. In other words, he wasn't a Kayin. He needs Pidgin Aben. Kayin don't need Pidgin Aben. But he Ben Kayan means that he still belongs to the Kayan. He's as if he's the son of a Kayan. He knows he is Israel, so when he grows up, he'll be able to be Paida himself. Very interesting thing. In Cheshvan of 1426, Kuf Peivav, his Rebbitzin was Nifter, um, and it seems that was in Mainz. And as we said before, it seems in that year he became the Rav in Worms. Like his Talmud said before, Yomim Neiroim of Kuf Peizayin, he was already in Worms. So he was there for a little bit over a year, and um, and um, he became the, the, the Rav of Worms. The worm, the people of Worms held him in very high esteem. In a letter that they wrote to him, they said, They called him the Reish Galusa. That's how he was in, in, in Kla Yisrael, and especially in that area. And eventually he became the Rav in Worms, but he was only Rav there for just about a year. A year. He was Nifter, Matzah Shabbos, Parshas Kisava, Chof Beis Elul, Kuf Pei 1427. He is buried in Worms. I was there a few years ago to be at his kever in Worms. He is Aviem of Minhage and Piskei Ashkenaz. Through him, through his Talmidim, through his Talmidim's Talmidim. And um, most, many of the things that we do, for example, not eating walnuts on, on, on Rosh Hashanah, the meaning not to eat an ego, is Egoz Gemat that comes from the Maril. So many different things that we do that we don't even realize are from the Maril. He established Minhage Ashkenaz, as we see the Ramah brings from him all the time. That's one of the uh, one of the sources. In fact, there's one place, I, I don't remember who, one of the Paiskim is Mitame on the Ramah. How come everywhere else he goes with the Maril and here he didn't go with the Maril. Everything else, he was Mechapes, he searched and went through what the Maril passed and here he didn't for whatever reason. But the Maril is the Av of Minhagi Ashkenaz. Zechusa Yogin Aleinu Vakal Yisrael. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish everyone a Ksiva Vachasim Ataiva 
This will be the last shear till after Sukkis, Bezus Hashem. We'll be taking a break now till after Sukkis. If I'm correct, this is the 50th shear of the life and Torah of our leaders. V'chesed Elyon from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're Moida Ala'avar. We're Mavakish Ala'asid. I wish every one of you a Ksivich Simutayva, Gutke Ben Shiar. Yemali Hashem, Kol Mishalais, Libchem Letayva. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be Makabal Al Tfilois. Besoich the Tfilois of all of Kla Yisrael. And Bez Hashem, this year we should be Zoicha. To the Gula Shleima. Imheira Amenu Amen. Kol Tov, everyone.